This episode is a sponsored partnership by Keen. So, you finally decided that you want to seek psychic advice. But now you're just sitting there and you're asking yourself, why Keen? Shouldn't I just look into psychics near me? It would probably be a lot easier. Our response? Why would you? Keen connects you with talented tarot readers and astrologers. If you want to get a reading on Keen, it's super easy to start. They've been giving trustworthy readings since 1999, over 35 million to be exact. All you have to do is create an account, and you'll be able to choose from hundreds of readers who are online right now. These readers each have unique specialties designed to provide a deeper understanding of your situation. Want to learn more about your love life? What's your financial future look like? Are you looking for a closure from a deceased loved one? Keen has a reader ready to provide clarity and insight. You can choose whichever reader best suits your needs, and you'll be able to connect via phone call or text. Just go to trykeen.com potential. As a new customer on Keen, you can try your first 10 minutes for only $1.99, which is up to $99 in savings. Once again, that's trykeen.com potential. Get your first 10 minutes for $1.99. And remember, know your potential. Reviewing the latest in movies, TV series, video games, books, and more, this is Potential Picks. Hello and welcome back to another edition of Potential Picks. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm joined by my co-host and fellow Cenobite, Taylor Sokol. Today we're reviewing the supernatural horror film Hellraiser. This is a screenplay by Ben Collins and Luke Piotrowski and directed by David Bruckner. Based on The Hellbound Heart by Clive Barker. This is somewhat of a remake and a reimagining of the Hellraiser series. Uh, That was by Clive Barker. I've actually... I've seen part of the first film of Hellraiser. I've always been interested. You know, I think, Taylor, I know you're still dabbing into some horror, but, I mean, you have a general knowledge of the horror icons. Michael Myers, Freddy Krueger, all that. Pinhead's always been one that's on there. Then I'm like, you can't think of Halloween and horror movies without seeing Pinhead. But I've never really taken the time to deep dive into those film series. I've seen a little bit of the first one. And from my memory... It's a weird, messed up, very sadistic type of film. And was curious to check out this new one coming out on Hulu, uh, a reimagining, and this time with a female actress to play uh, the infamous Pinhead. So uh, before we get to our review, Taylor, have you seen any Hellraiser film prior to this one? I have not. As you said, I purposely went on my way. If I saw this movie across the street, I would have went the other side. Um, no, I like you said, you're right. It is a very iconic horror cinematic icon but no i'd never seen anything nothing on tv it was just actually one i didn't really so to speak steer clear but i just never it never came up on when i was you know younger and everything like that so this is my first i think really both of us were total um newbies to this kind of franchise so i was actually very intrigued to jump into this having you know fresh eyes not knowing the original stuff yeah so uh, what is a brief synopsis of hellraiser taylor so uh, we follow um, our main character, played by Odessa Zion, uh, Riley, 
And uh, she's a young woman who must confront the sadistic supernatural forces behind this enigmatic puzzle box that uh, she comes in contact with that actually leads to, has led to her you know, brother's disappearance. So she's trying to figure out, you know, what, what this box is, why is it um, claiming or how is it claiming these uh, victims every time they, um, it, it, every time someone gets their hand pricked on or something like that. So she's trying to figure out what's going on there. And a lot, this film, I tell you, it is definitely very, um, it's a v- more of, it's mostly psychological, but also very, um, very, very graphic. I, and I was very, uh, really surprised by some of the, uh, the gra- more graphic moments of this film. Well, yeah, from my memory of what, what the Cenobites are of, of, I think it was probably during the pandemic. I just want to check out. Now I'm always interested in watching classic horror movies. I had never seen. So I think it gave Hellraiser a chance. I don't think I finished the film, but the idea that this kind of demonic race of, of beings from this other realm that are, what they do is they have these very torturous ways of of doing stuff to their victims. It's a lot of like skin peeling and their bodies have all been mangled in different ways. And clearly the pinhead, the the famous kind of leader of the Cenobites who the whole you know face has been cut multiple times and it's just pins everywhere in the head. And every one of the Cenobites is very well designed in this film to give this creepy vibe of what they're, you know, main source of torture might be. We have like the chatterer who like his like his whole face has been ripped off and his teeth are biting. Kind of remind me of, like, of uh, the uh, clickers from uh, last week. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of clicker like. But yes, it is this. It is kind of psychological because a lot of this is is this actually happening? And it's this weird thing of throughout the film where this puzzle box has to claim X amount of victims. And there's different configurations and our characters learn more about that as the story goes along, but you find out like when someone gets pricked by this puzzle box, which is of course is the, the funny kind of creepy thing about the puzzle box is once you solve it, a little blade comes out and if it cuts you and it gets your blood, you're the next target of the Cenobites. And what's interesting is like some of the way that the Cenobite world comes into ours is almost dreamlike. Yeah, uh, there was like one sequence, for example, where one of the characters who's next, I won't give away main plot of who it was, was in the back of a truck. And this character all of a sudden starts seeing that the truck is like evolving, like it's as if it's a stretch limo. Yeah. And they're like stuck. Well, in like the prison. world around it kind of comes like a puzzle box, like you're almost yeah. inside it. So it is kind of like having not seen anything else of this world or this kind of. Um, universe i really kind of like had like throwing me back to like come more very nightmare on elm street kind of stuff where it was like wait a second and i and like it was like nightmare before elm street with a little bit of inception with the whole like you know um it was yeah it was really weird and that sequence you're talking about was one of my favorite sequences because it was really kind of crazy very and like, cool oh, man, yeah and that's of course this is one of those movies where our lead character is a recovering drug addict so she of course by most people around her is seen as someone who's going crazy as opposed to believing what's actually happening. And I do love that in this film, there is this whole kind of main plot of this rich man who owns this like huge mansion. And he has uh, Roland Voigt, who's he's kind of like this sick millionaire who he keeps getting these young people to come to his place to kind of get 
these beings from another realm to give him a visit. Like he wants an audience with them. And that pays a big part of the, or plays a big part of the plot throughout the, the film. And yeah, it was cool to see uh, Jamie Clayton here is the hell priest or the leader of the Cenobites. So she's never called Pinhead in the, in the film, but she's representing that character in this. And she does a great job in this because there is this kind of, she's never really aggressive. That's kind of one thing I, I think is interesting about the Cenobites. They're very, there is that kind of priest-like nature to them that they're just slow walking. She has this deep booming kind of voice when she talks and, it's very like religious, a lot of it, which is is kind of creepy about the whole thing. But yeah, it's it's it's, it's it, you know in other ways, it's your very typical horror movie where you kind of know like your main character has to survive, and other members of the film are gonna be pinned off, pun intended, yeah, uh, one at a time. But it, it it was a good creepy little film. I think the big difference for me is if you're watching Hellraiser of nowadays and you're seeing like these chains that could come in and the CGI and the way that they actually did a very good job of all the makeup for the Cenobites. The thing with the old Hellraisers, which some people prefer, is it is a little more like this was the budget we had. So it kind of looks a little more... Well, it's more realistic. It's a little more... Well, I wouldn't say realistic. It's just like it's dirty and grimier. Uh, okay, yeah. But I feel like well, a lot of that... This is a little more polished. It's say. a little more polished. And I think sometimes with the horror movie... I like when it's polished because you can see everything clearly. And and especially it is very dark in a lot of these films, but yeah, you can see everything in very vivid, almost too much detail. I was, I closed my eyes a few times. Like, oof, that was, uh, that was a little rough. I mean, yeah, there was some cool use of light in this, especially I like the idea of whenever the realm does kind of open up, it's almost like frost kind of comes through. It's not ice, yeah. by the means, but the lighting is very like blue and white. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, it led, it led to even the ending could open up to, you know, further films. Uh, I mean, the, the Hellraiser series has been going on for years. Most people would say that after the first one, they've all kind of gone further down in terms of uh, quality. Um, but I do wonder if Hellraiser will will continue uh, with this group and this director, Dave Bruckner. But, you know, for being spooky season, wanted to check out something different. Had not really been uh, heavily involved with the Hellraiser series before like i have with like halloween or like i said uh you know nightmare on elm street or uh friday the 13th this was a kind of good way to step into that realm and i'd be intrigued to go back and watch others and see how they fare uh but for me how razor some good spookiness some good cinematography it was a little long i will say it's about two hours i think it could have cut down like 20 minutes with a horror movie you don't want to you know stop that pace you don't want to overstay your welcome <laughs> i'm gonna give hellraiser like a seven out of ten you know I, I enjoyed it for what it was and it definitely had some creeps in there for sure you know what uh, funny for my money i was gonna give a seven out of ten i'm gonna go with that as well i think the length kind of took it away and even though i'm not a that kind of gore fan i really enjoyed for what it was and like you said i would be interested in going into further to the original and kind of seeing more about these movies and who knows what's going to happen, but you know, great, great casting choices and whatnot and great score. I really enjoyed some of the uh, sound effects and whatnot, but you can check out Hellraiser, uh, the reboot here, 2022 uh, on Hulu streaming now and tell us yourself. And that was this edition of potential picks. Thanks for listening to the potential podcast. You can follow us on Instagram and Facebook at the potential podcast or on Twitter at The Potential Pod. Or you can email us 
Send us your positive feedback and thoughts, suggestions, and more through our email, thepotentialpodcast at yahoo.com. I'm your host, Chris Dewar. And I'm your host, Taylor Sokol. Stay tuned for more episodes on pop culture, entertainment, and nerdum. And remember, know know your your potential. potential.